This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field! Out of here! Ball gets away! He's going to break for the plate! Ball game is over! The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning! This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast here on Opening Day Eve. It's kind of like Christmas Eve, right? And then the big gift is going to be under the halo tomorrow when you will be invited here at the Big A to take in some Angels baseball. How sweet is that? And there's actually going to be more of you uh, at the ballpark tomorrow than we once thought. As uh, California's restrictions have loosened in Los Angeles and Orange Counties, OC now in the orange tier, which means instead of 20% occupancy here at Angel Stadium, we're going to get to have 33% occupancy here at Angel Stadium. What that means, instead of about 9,000 fans, it's going to be about 14,000 fans here at the ballpark. I don't have the exact number uh, in front of me, but but somewhere in that area uh, for uh, opening day and for the month of April. And you can go to angels.com slash tickets for all of that insight and uh, try to figure out uh, when you're going to be able to make it to the big A. And I'm just really happy uh, that there's going to be more of you here than what we once thought. I, I tell you what, last season watching Angels baseball from the booth, you know, when you're watching the games between the lines, it all felt normal. But as soon as your your eyes and your mind would wander anywhere else besides what was happening on the field of play, it just wasn't right. I mean, the 60 games, that wasn't enough. That wasn't a real season. It was a, a snapshot of what, what could have been a season. Um, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from the Dodgers. I really don't. I, I thought the play playoffs were legit, but everything leading up to the playoffs, I, I don't think it was legit, um, and we, we just didn't see enough baseball last year, and worse than all of that is you weren't here for it. Well, we got to have uh, you guys be at some spring training games uh, this year, and now here we go, opening day, you're going to be able to be at the ballpark, and uh, we're going to have about 14,000 fans here at Angel Stadium, which is uh, just outstanding uh, when they get set to take on the Chicago White Sox in the first series of the season. Uh, man, it's been a long time coming uh, for that to happen. Okay, here's what I want to get to on the podcast today because because there's a lot to discuss and we spent a lot of time talking about different areas on the team. We spent some time talking about the Angels outfield. We spent some time talking about uh, the infielders. We've had a bunch of guests. We've, we've spent a ton of time talking about Shohei Otani and talking about the pitching. Um, I will just, I, I do want to say this about Shohei Otani is 
obviously, that last out against the Dodgers, he goes what, two and a third, gives up seven runs, three homers in that game. He had the blister issue. He says no problem with the blister issue. In fact, he hit the next day in the lineup. And, you know, there's there's apparently nothing to be concerned about regarding that. It was just something that was uncomfortable for him. He tried pitching around it, and it just didn't work out. Well, he got knocked around in that game against a really good lineup. And I think that, you know, it's important to keep in mind everything we saw all spring shouldn't just get thrown out with one tough day I think that you know maybe that maybe maybe yesterday can help temper expectations a little bit for Shohei Otani and I'll admit I've been guilty of that for you know looking at this guy and you know talking MVP candidate and all that let's just see him healthy and let's see what this guy can do because we all know the sky is the limit as far as the talent is concerned uh, but you want to be able to see him put it together you want to see him be able to stay healthy he's had the blister issues before so you don't want that to become a, a recurring deal with Shohei Otani, but even though he was not very good in that outing against the Dodgers, I'm not letting one tough day, you know, change my mind on everything we've seen with Shohei Otani this entire spring. So I'm re- I'm remaining positive. I'm remaining optimistic about what Shohei is going to be able to do on the mound. And I don't even have to, you know, be optimistic about what we've seen at the plate. I mean, it's just, if anything, you kind of got to temper the expectations of the plate a little bit because he's hit, what, 600 or close to that uh, this spring. And um, with the exception of, of that game against the Dodgers, where he only got one at-bat, he'd had hits in each of his 11 previous games before that. So uh, no worries as far as Shohei at the plate, as far as Shohei on the mound. I'm not worried about that either, unless this blister issue becomes a recurring theme, which you you certainly don't want to see, but um, look, he says the blister already came off and then he's feeling fine and, and he's going to be okay. The Angels uh, medical staff, Adam Nevola, the, the head trainer for the Angels, head athletic trainer, I should specify, um, is kind of said that you know all is well uh, with Shohei's finger, according to Joe Madden. So I'm not going to spend too much time worrying about the blister for Otani. I, I'm going to chalk that up to he was uncomfortable. There's also something to be said for Otani seems to get up when, when there are fans in the ballpark and there are were fans in ballparks in Arizona. There was not, you know, anybody in the stadium yesterday against the Dodgers. I'm not just trying to make an excuse for him, but you know, he did not perform well on the mound last season when there was nobody here and nobody at uh, Dodger Stadium earlier this week when, when Shohei pitched. And and maybe that's related. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I, I do think that when the lights come on and the games matter, and Shohei is out there to prove something, I do think you're going to see a different player, and I think we've gotten a pretty good glimpse of that this spring. He's still got to prove himself as a pitcher. There's no question about that. We know he can hit, um, and if he can do anything close to what he's done this spring, he can hit at an incredibly high level. But, I mean, you talk about he struck out Jose Abreu and threw 102, and in the same week took Shane Bieber deep 464 feet. So... I'm not sweating Shohei Otani right now, uh, and I'm not going to let one you know rough day change my opinion of what you know a six week body of work has been uh, with Otani. So that's just where I stand on that issue. So um, I guess there's nothing else to discuss with Shohei Otani. We have gotten to that. Um, we've also talked a lot about the pitching too, um, starting pitching wise. But I, I do want to spend some time talking about the bullpen today. We're going to get to that a little bit later on. But first, time now for our special guest, and this is uh, somebody that we uh, have gotten a chance to talk with uh, last couple of seasons. It's always a blast when we. 
get to spend time with uh, a veteran player, somebody that can provide so much for this Angels team. And this is the player for me that I truly think is the X factor for the Angels, and that's Justin Upton. He's always been a streaky hitter. But if Justin Upton can hit at the level that I think he's capable of, when where he's at in the lineup, whether it be fifth, whether it be sixth, no matter where it is for Justin Upton, he's going to be able to provide protection. The pressure is off now with Anthony Rendon and Shohei Otani, of course, with Mike Trout and David Fletcher at the top. Um, when you when you look at where Justin Upton's going to hit. And what he has the ability to do, this could be a big-time year for J-Up. And, you know, he's changed his approach a little bit. He's sitting to all fields again. A lot to like about what you're seeing from Justin Upton. And really, maybe outside of Shohei Otani, the next best producer for the Angels offensively in Cactus League games was Justin Upton. So here now, our conversation with the Angels left fielder, Justin Upton. All right, hanging out with Justin Upton right now via Zoom before uh, he gets set to finish up camp out in Arizona and come on back to Anaheim recording this uh, in the last day of a uh, Cactus League play. Justin, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great, man. Great. I, I tell you, it's been fun seeing the way you're hitting the ball in spring training and, and uh, showing a lot of pop, what we've been uh, used to seeing from uh, Justin Upton uh, throughout your career. How are you feeling right now as you get set to start this season, uh, maybe compared to, to years past when you've started a season? Um, well, you know, uh, the last few years have been, you know, the off seasons haven't, I haven't had a full off season, you know, rehabbing injuries and things like that. But um this offseason, I had a, a full offseason where, you know, I could go through my training the way I wanted to and, um, you know, from start to finish. So uh, I feel strong. I feel healthy. Um, you know, those are two keys for me. And uh, I've been able to put in my work and I've, I've seen some results. Just I, I know throughout the course of your career, you, you've had streaks that you've gone on. And sometimes it's it's struggles and, and sometimes it's really, really good. And, and through spring training, you have been really, really good. What are some ways you feel like um, you can do to, to maintain that now as the regular season gets set to begin and, and try to keep up that hot hitting? Um, well, you know, it's, um, just continue to maintain the, um, the work that I've been putting in, the um, having a routine, having um, – having an idea of what we're trying to accomplish every day when we go to the cage. And I think we have a pretty good idea of that right now. Um, you know, and, you know, that's, that's something we're going to, that work we're going to carry on throughout the season. And, um, you know, baseball is a game of highs and lows. So, you know, just got to try to ride through them and, and um, you know, continue the, the good work we're putting in. Justin, I, I want to get to talking more about coming up uh, this season, but I, I do want to go back to last year just for a moment because, in spring training, things were going really well for you. We had the shutdown happen. I know it was only a couple of weeks of spring training, but uh, and, and then a slow start for you once the regular season, I guess we could call it a season, the 60 games uh, started the first month or so. Uh, you were not hitting the ball very well, but then you managed to have a really great September. What were some of the things for you that you felt like maybe were, were why you didn't get off to maybe the, the strong start the last season you would have hoped for? Um, I, I think, you know, just a di different atmosphere preparing with the second spring training. Um, you know, things are just different. I, and, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I didn't, I didn't adapt well to the, to the new, the new norm that there was last year. And, um, you know, I, I got off to a slow start. Um, you know, things were just out of whack for me, um, mechanically, uh, physically. So, um, you know, once I got that on track, I felt like I was backing myself in, in September. 
I know you got your buddy, Mike, uh, that's going to be to your left uh, out there when you're standing left field out there in spring uh, in the outfield. But uh, you got a, a new outfield partner now in Dexter Fowler. Uh, Juan Lagaros looks like he's going to be out there as well. Um, what has it been like uh, getting along with, with some of the new players that are joining you out there in this Angels outfield? Well, I, you know, I've, I played against Dexter for a long time. Um, played against each other in minor leagues. We actually became pretty good friends. So, um you know, that transition was pretty easy, um, you know, getting to know him. Uh, you know, I know his style of play. I've been on the other side for a long time watching it. So, um, you know, being, being you know, pretty close friends with, with him helped that transition and made it really easy. So um, we'll get to know Juan a little bit better uh, throughout the year. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he gels right in, which I'm, I'm pretty sure he will uh, for what we've seen in spring training. Justin, Joe Madden, your manager, has talked about playing like a 1985-style baseball, spraying to all fields, being aggressive on the bases, uh, moving runners, doing different things uh, when it comes to offensive philosophy. What does that mean for you? Um, uh, for me, I, I think it's uh, getting back to, to using the scoreboard as your, as your uh, guide throughout a game. Um, you know, I think, you know, baseball's kind of gotten into the, you know, waiting on the three-run homer and, um, you know, not making things happen. Um, but I think, you know, having the thought process of using the scoreboard to to dictate, you know, what happens, you know, whether it's moving a runner, whether it's an opportunity to steal a base, whether it's an opportunity to go first or third, um, he's given us that freedom to use the scoreboard as our friend. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be big. I think that, that helps you win ball games, um, you know, especially when you're not waiting on the three-run homer. You're, you're trying to score early runs. You're trying to chip away. Um, that's that's what the good ball clubs do. I, and I know that, I mean, we're seeing it in your at-bats, hitting the ball to all fields, and you said that that's something that, that's helped you um, this season. Um, but as far as that's concerned, I, I know that, like, across baseball, like, that's at least in the last few years, that has not been the popular way of going. So do you feel like that that could be something that may be tougher for this team to adjust to, or do you feel like that this team is, is kind of taking that in um, and handling that really well? Well, we have a pretty – I think we have a pretty better ball club um, and guys who have – who came up through the minor leagues or um, grew up playing that style of baseball. Uh, I think over the last few years we, you've started to see – more of the uh, analytic side of, of baseball kind of creep in. So I think our team, um, it's more of getting back to the roots of what, what we grew up doing, um, you know, and I, I think we'll, we'll adjust to that pretty well, um, you know, kind of using your instincts in the game to, to dictate how you play it. So um, I think it'll be a, a, a nice transition for, for our squad. Justin, fans always love hearing about the rising young talent and, and keeping an eye on that. But you mentioned this a veteran group, and, and I'm looking around, and, and I, I'd say, yeah. I mean, there are guys that have been doing this really well for a long time and new additions like Dexter Fowler we've talked about, Kurt Suzuki, obviously with, with you and Albert and Trouty, um, having the, you know, the, the experience that you've had at the big league level, Jose Iglesias and Rendon, you can include in that also. What is, is the difference of when you're – in a clubhouse that is a veteran clubhouse and a, a team that it, you know, all guys that have established, you know, really strong major league careers, what kind of a difference does it make for the team as a whole when you're part of an atmosphere like that? Well, I, I think it's easier to all get on the same page. Um, you know, we've all had, you know, pretty long careers and, 
um, successful ones. And, you know, we look around the room and, and there's, you, you look at your peers and you're like, all right, man, you, you know, we're all on the same page. We want to win. Um, we, we've accomplished a lot and there's quite a few of us in the clubhouse that haven't, um, haven't been the last team standing. And I think it's easy to get on the same page with the idea that, you know, we all want to be in October and we all want to be the last team standing. So, um, the communication's great, uh, when you have a, a group of veteran guys like that and, um, you know, we, we're all, we all got our eyes on the same thing. Away from baseball, Justin, I know you're a big time family, man. Uh, how is, uh, how are things going on a personal side right now? Are you still spending like eight hours a day watching Moana? <laughs> um, you know, we, we've, we haven't found a, um, a steady movie lately. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we've been bouncing around, but, uh, you know, things are great at home. Um, the girls are getting big. Um, you know, got to spend a lot of time with them this off season, which was nice. Um, and you know, this, this time that you can't get back. So, you know, I, I enjoy my off seasons. Fantastic. Justin, uh, congratulations on, on all that. Congrats on, on finishing up what's been a great spring. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what the 2021 Angels can do uh, this coming year and what you're going to be as far as being a part of that. So, uh, Justin, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to uh, seeing you out in Anaheim. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Trent. I think that's such a great point that Jay up brought up about this being a veteran team. And I think that's going to have a, a really big impact on the style of play. And, you know, we talked with Joe Madden about just kind of, we, we've talked all spring about this, about the buy-in with these guys. And, you know, I think it would be easy for certain players maybe to, to maybe go a different direction. You know, people outside the organization everyone's talking about different things and and what they want to do at the plate and all this and and clearly the angels have taken the approach of no joe knows what he's talking about we're gonna play this angels brand of baseball and it's a bunch of guys that have had success in this game before they know what works and now we are seeing the angels play that 1985 style and 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 that's not to say like the angels are stuck in the stone age it's the opposite of that it's, you know, let's not forget Joe Madden was one of those managers that was on the forefront of this, you know, the, the sabermetric revolution. He was one of the first analytic guys out there was Joe Madden. He still subscribes to that. He just also subscribes to the feel part of the game and the human element, which is so important. But the Angels are going to hit to all fields. They're going to be aggressive on the bases. You know, we're going to see a hit and run. Like, for example, uh, it was in the fourth inning of the first freeway series game against the Dodgers. Dexter Fowler comes up uh, with one out, gets a base hit. And on the first pitch to David Fletcher, Fowler takes off. Fletch essentially gets a base hit going the other way on a check swing. Fowler goes first to third because he was on the move. Next batter, Walsh, draws a walk, and then Mike Trout comes up with the bases loaded, less than two outs. He gets a base hit. Again, he goes the other way on a pitch that could have very – I shouldn't say he goes the other way. He hit up the middle. But it was a, a pitch that was inside that if you're trying to get a home run on that swing, you want to try to get a big hack and get that uppercut swing going where that pitch was located. That's probably a jam shot, ground out, double play, inning over. But Mike Trout, with as balanced and as poised as he is at the plate, you know, is not looking to drive the ball over the fence every time. And, and hit, you know, bounce it off the moon. Mike Trout's looking to square it up and get solid contact. That's exactly what he did and hit it right up the middle and brought in a couple of runs. That is Angels baseball. That for me is one of those plays that really sticks out. 
as as being an example of what it means to play the style of baseball Joe Madden is talking about. And it, it's stringing together hits. It's it's putting pressure on pitchers um, and, and doing the right things. Dr- you know, Drawing walks is still part of it. Not striking out is part of it. Um, and it's and, and of course you love home runs and, and believe me the Angels with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon and Justin Upton they're gonna hit plenty of home runs. I am not concerned about the Angels with a long ball, uh, but they're also gonna play a brand of baseball that um, is, is gonna be conducive to to getting longer rallies and, and putting more pressure on pitchers and just making pitchers miserable. I, I think that's that's probably the best way I can describe what uh, I've kind of learned about what the Angels are wanting to do uh, on the offensive side of the ball this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. But but to have a veteran team buy into all of that I think is really important and the Angels have had total buy-in from everybody because what the Angels are doing is different from everything else you're hearing across Major League Baseball and it would be really easy for other voices to get into a player's head and, and not buy in but the Angels have gotten buy-in and, and that that really um, is a really positive thing for me to hear uh, when I've seen that with this Angels team and, and, and of everything the Angels are having fun and they are all in on playing this brand of baseball. That That is outstanding. The Angels are going to score a ton of runs this year. And they got to be able to pitch. And what they're going to have this year is they're going to have a bullpen that's going to be a lot better than what we saw a year ago. I thought it was pretty surprising when we found out uh, earlier this week that Ty Buttry would not be making the team coming out of camp, which made a lot of people think, well, what direction are the Angels going to go? Well, they brought in a new closer. In Rysel Iglesias, one of the first moves that Perry Manassian made was to bring in Rysel Iglesias to increase um, the, the strength of this Angels bullpen. An Angels bullpen that in 60 games last year had 14 blown saves. League average was about eight. Angels had 14 blown saves. They essentially blew a save in a quarter of their games last year. If they would have been league average, the Angels are a playoff team. I firmly believe that. If the Angels were a league average bullpen a year ago with the, the roster as it was, that's without... You know, Quintana, without Cobb, with with the pieces in place, as they were, even with the struggles on the mound, from a starting side, if the Angels had an average bullpen last year, they're a playoff team. Well, the Angels, if you look at fan graphs, are exactly average when it comes to their bullpen now with a couple of big pickups. And I think they're going to ultimately be better than that. I think Rysel Iglesias as an anchor to your bullpen is a really big deal. But I also look at a couple of other really key pieces the Angels brought in just in the last couple days. And the two biggies that you talk about, you know, making the team right away, first you're talking about a left-hander and Tony Watson, who has had so much success over the course of his career. Yeah, he's 35 years old, but, you know, 10 major league seasons, and he's got a lifetime ERA, 2.80, was a part of the Dodgers playoff run and World Series run back in 2017. So it's time with the Giants. And since 2011, he's had more appearances than any other lefty that's playing baseball right now. So the Angels bring in Tony Watson to anchor down uh, this bullpen. So you got the closer in Iglesias. You got a lefty in Claudio, a change of pace lefty that you're going to see late in games. You're going to see another lefty in Tony Watson. You bring in a right-hander in Steve Ciszek as well. And again, this is another guy with a sub-three lifetime ERA, two seven eight that has been a part of 11 big league seasons. And again, veteran arm, 34 years old, veteran arm that has a proven track record of success. The Angels also made a trade with Miami to bring in James Hoyt. 
And Hoy, again, another veteran, but last season was outstanding. A 1-2-3 earned run average for Hoyt last season. Now, he may not make the club uh, coming out of camp. He might start in the minor leagues. But this is another depth piece of this bullpen. And then Noe Ramirez is back, um, and he's going to be in the minor leagues. So, you know, you, you now aren't just super top-heavy in your bullpen, but you can also pull from uh, what's at the lower levels as well. And the Angels aren't going to be totally just reliant on what's at the big leagues. They're going to be able to use, you know, Salt Lake as depth. I mean, that's outstanding. The Angels have not had that luxury in a long time, particularly in the bullpen. They have that luxury now, and I give a lot of credit to Angels' new general manager, Perry Manassian, for for putting that together. I think that is tremendous what he has done in the bullpen. And on top of that, the Angels are going to have Chris Rodriguez in the bullpen this year. He's only got 73 innings. He's never pitched above eight ball. That's the, that's the knock on Chris Rodriguez. So if you want to look at the downside, that's your downside. The upside is remarkable. I mean, Joe Madden made a comparison to to Frankie Rodriguez early in camp. I mean, it was. I mean, when you make a comp like that, that's really saying something. And we've seen C Rod, you know, touch ninety nine. He's been he's been really really good in spring training. Does not have a whole lot of big league experience, but the stuff plays. And Joe Madden has even said he's open to having him in some of those high leverage situations. The Angels have that much faith in Chris Rodriguez. And they're going to try to capture lightning in a bottle, and there's a chance that if this thing hits, man, what a difference that makes. That's another late-inning guy that you feel really good about, and that's a young arm. That's a fresh arm that is rising through. I mean, who goes from A-ball to the big leagues? Well, Chris Rodriguez does. And pretty cool. Um, after his journey, we had him as a guest last week. If you have not heard that interview, I, I highly recommend you go check that out because it was a really fun conversation with Chris Rodriguez. We learned a ton about him. And, um, you know, the back surgery and, and everything that he has been through in his career, for him now to be at the big leagues, that's awesome. I'm really happy for Chris Rodriguez. This is somebody that is going to relish this moment, and I think he has a very, very bright future ahead of him. So the Angels' bullpen all of a sudden is looking pretty good. And I mentioned that they were exactly average according to fan graphs, that 2.6 projected war out of the bullpen. That's 15th in baseball. And while that's 15th in baseball, you know what it ranks in the AL West? First. That's the best projected war in the AL West is the Angels' bullpen. So, again, if the Angels can have the bullpen play to the projections, uh, there's an opportunity for this team uh, to be pretty darn special. Okay, so if you are one of the lucky uh, 14,000 fans that have tickets to opening day and you're trying to figure out what it's going to be like at the ballpark tomorrow, it's important you go to angels.com slash protocols because there are a lot of things you're going to need to know about when you come to the Big A. The parking lot's going to open two and a half hours before first pitch, and the gates are going to open uh, roughly an hour and a half before first pitch. Um, you're going to be able to, when you get here, uh, you're going to have guests guiding you where you're supposed to go. The ballpark is cash list that's something to keep in mind and also uh, mobile only entry so make sure you have your tickets and your pods ready to go delivered through that MLB ballpark app that's going to be really important um, you know ticket window sales and will call not open right now due to safety protocols so that's something uh, to keep in mind there are no going to be no bags uh, permitted at the ballpark uh, you are required to wear a face mask when you are here that's something uh, to keep in mind but you can temporarily remove it if you're going to be actively eating or drinking drinking uh, while sitting in your pod so that's something uh, to know as well uh, 
you know, the same, you know, social distance guidelines we've been following. When you go anywhere else, you go to a restaurant, you go to the grocery store, you go anywhere, you know, try to stay six feet apart. Um, that's kind of how that goes. There's going to be uh, signs and markers available for you to try to see uh, where to go uh, with that. And then when you want to place your food and beverage order, it's pretty simple. You just text ANGELS to 474747. So 474747. Text ANGELS, um, and then you'll be uh, kind of guided through there about how to order food and all that when you're at the ballpark. Enjoy a meal here uh, at the Big A. So, um, And then you'll enjoy, enjoy your meal uh, at your seat. So that's something uh, to keep in mind. So those are just some of the things that I, I think that it's important to know. Again, we're getting so close to normal. We're not quite there yet, uh, but bigger than anything else. I, I mean, and I understand that this is different for a lot of people and there's an adjustment here. We're all making adjustments here. I know that the Angels have worked so hard to make this as easy and as convenient as possible. Um, and, and I know that we're all itching to get back uh, to the way things were. Uh, we're all able to enjoy just the night of the ball park together and um, more than anything else and, and while a few things may be different for the time being I just know there is nothing better than a night at the Big A. I got to experience it last season, though I felt very, very lonely. And finally, I'm going to have my friends with me. And that's you guys here at the ballpark. And that's long overdue. Opening day coming up April 1st. Tomorrow, it doesn't get any better than this. It's the Angels against the Chicago White Sox. Dylan Bundy on the map for the Halos. Getting the opening day start with Lucas Giolito going for Chicago. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks to Hannah Stang. How Dresher, Justin Upton, Adam Chachko, Matt Birch, Grace McNamee, all the people that have helped uh, put this podcast together. We sincerely appreciate all of that efforts, but more than that, appreciate you, our listeners, for tuning in each and every week, for downloading, subscribing to the podcast, and I cannot wait till you are here in person at the Big A. Finally, y'all are coming back, and I can't wait to see you. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.